Welcome to the Vince Del Monte Podcast Show, where each week we bring you the raw and real experiences, lessons, and timeless principles every man needs to master the five M's of manhood. By sharing conversations with the world's most successful people pursuing the five M's, you'll build muscle faster, achieve a winner's mindset, increase your money, dominate your mission, and go the distance with your marriage. My name is Vince Del Monte, entrepreneur, author, pro fitness model, and father. And I've helped tens of thousands of men transform their bodies and lives through muscle, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. All right, so listen, I am here with Vince Del Monte and Flavia Del Monte, two of my favorite people in the world because they have really truly mastered the four seasons of life, health, wealth, personal relationships, family, uh, personal development, so five seasons of life, I don't know. Anyways, I learned those four seasons of life from Vince's dad, Luciano Del Monte, and I really, really truly believe they have it all, they are putting together a great life, and so we wanna talk to them today about the morning routines, the busy routines of busy parents, and how to be productive and how to have communication between uh, partners so that you live a better life and you're able to succeed in your work and home life and raise great kids. So Vince and Flavia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Craig. So why don't you guys just start off with Flavia, ladies first, why don't you tell us about your personal and professional background and then talk up all the way to about where you and Vince got married, and then Vince will tell us that story, and then we'll jump into the marriage part after that. Sure, sounds good. I um, started out as a pediatric uh, registered nurse. I um, practiced nursing for 10 years, and then I retired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so before I was married, I was not an entrepreneur. And I was busy working off my student loans, so I worked about 60 hours a week. Um, and any routines that I had was really just working and working out. And so I met Vince, um, through a friend that I was actually training at, at, um, at the hospital. And she, I said, do you know any men in your church that love God? And she said, I do. Um, and I think that he'll actually be really, really good for you. He works out as well. And so she said, he's actually a personal trainer. And I said, oh my gosh, I am not going to marry a personal trainer. There is no way I want to be with somebody that is so into themselves and then goes to the gym and trains women looking at their parts all day long. But Vince Facebook messaged me (laughs) and won me over with his very tight red shirt. (laughs) That's a true story. And um, our first date was the best day of your life close to the one of the one, best, one of, the best days. Yep. days of your life we've been yep. married for seven years and the last seven years has been the best seven years of your life yeah for sure <laughs> awesome. and, and i mean just the uh, time management stuff that you had as a pediatric nurse is going to be something to be to uh, be very helpful to the people listening because i know we have a lot of nurses and and people who work in those you know long shifts that they have to deal with so it's not just entrepreneurs who are going to benefit from this routines interview so awesome so then you met vince and then why don't we let vince take it over from there because he will talk about how charming he was i'm sure yeah so when flav and i met i mean i'd already i kind of i don't know how much detail i should share here but let's just put it this way i knew she was the one within the first 72 hours 
and being 29 years old, I knew there was really no time to waste. And I hate to use the old cliche, but when you know, you do know. So we were engaged within six months and then we were married six months after that. And uh, we have been together for seven years. I think one of the big things that accelerated our relationship towards marriage is that we had both been heavily investing into each of our own lives, independent of each other. And it was something we were both going to continue to do with or without each other. I saw Flavia running a race. She was running in a direction I was running. And I think she saw that as well. We were running towards the same finish line. We were going at the same pace and it was basically cool. Do you want to run this thing together? We're going the same way. We might as well. So we always take pride in the fact that while Flavia doesn't need me and I don't need her, I would rather have her in my life. And I think she'd rather have me in her life. And I think that's what makes our relationship really, really cool. We do have independent lives from each other and uh, we would both thrive without each other, but we are thriving even beyond that because we are together and that's what makes our relationship special. Iron sharpens iron. That's right. And that's so amazing because you guys are really, you know, I've watched you grow and it's amazing, uh, grow both personally and professionally in the last seven years or nine years since I've first, well, I met Vinny a little bit uh, before that. And so, you know, we've had some great times and it's amazing to watch you guys. And that's, again, why I wanted to have this interview because I think that there is nobody, nobody better that I know to, you know, talk through all of these things. And you've come to one of my workshops and we've, we've had some great discussions. So it'd be great to dive into how the heck do you guys make it work so well? So let's talk about when you were both entrepreneurs first, when you first got married, you know, you became, you went from nursing to, well, you were nursing and an entrepreneur and married to Vinny D. So you had all those things going on. So Flavia, tell us about some of the routines and secrets that rituals that you've had in terms of discipline and success in those, in those formative years. Yeah, I had a lot on my plate, <laughs> um, but I loved every single second of it, to be perfectly honest. I think coming from a nursing background, you work so hard and shout out to all the nurses because I really think it's one of the hardest jobs out there and working. It's it's a it's a mental um, discipline and it's a physical discipline and just getting grounded with that, having that as my background really helped me work hard and know, um, you know, know how to, um, schedule my days so that I can actually get things done for myself. Cause working 12 hour shifts, I mean, I really just wanted to come home and sleep, but instead on my day shifts, I came home I worked out and then I did anything else. So the very first thing that I had to do was go right from the hospital right to my workout because exercise was really important to me and the way that I looked, the way that I felt, my health was number one. So after that, once I uh, started becoming an entrepreneur, um, it was really a matter of what is making me the happiest. So is it nursing or is it, you know, doing this, um, the entrepreneur work, which I was, yeah. So I was coaching women how to love their bodies and nursing was definitely, you just, you feel so good about yourself, but, um, on top of that, it's very, very exhausting. So I loved Vince's lifestyle. He traveled all the time and I wanted to travel with him. So it was, and I got to hang out with really, really cool people that I loved and became really close to very fast. 
I was just going to jump in there. So yeah, I got to tell a quick story. Sorry, guys. People that know Craig and us are going to like this, but uh, can I say this? I don't know if I've ever uh, ever shared this one before, but it actually was at a Joel and John event and uh, it was in Tampa. And I remember we were going out for Halloween and we were all in a cab. It's really not a cab. It was a van and Flavio was at the back of the, uh, of the um, car with Craig and just chatting him up the way she does. And uh, most of us had known Craig as a mentor, as a coach, as somebody who kind of like, you know, was uh, kind of like a big, as a dad. So we didn't really know too much about him personally. And, uh, you know, it was always kind of a bit of a mystery. Like we knew him as a businessman, but not much more than that. And I remember we were all in the car and Flavi just kind of blurted something out along the lines of, so Craig, how the ladies treating you? And the whole car went quiet because no one had asked Craig about this area of his life. And we were all curious. And then the whole van went quiet after a couple of drinks. Anyways, back to the store. I sort of, sort of distract. And uh, anyways, that was how you guys connected early on. I remember you guys had a great night too. You know, it's really funny. One of my favorite memories is from that night. And, and Flavia said to me, we were actually in the nightclub wherever uh, with all the kids in their Halloween costumes. And she goes, Tell me, tell me, who is Craig Ballantyne? Like, it was something like that, and it was so sweet because not a lot of people ask me that. So that was really cool, and I really appreciate you for that. Um, but, you know, another thing I want to ask you is you had, was it 15 brothers and sisters? Uh, 16. 16 brothers and sisters. So from a family of 17, so tell us, what did you learn in terms of time management, routines, taking care of yourself, organization, from that uh, family influence? That's amazing. All from the same parents, too, just to clarify. Yes, from the same two parents. My mom had 17 children. She was pregnant 17 times, no duplicates. Insane, mom. Um, So I think it was kind of like you have to fend for yourself. You just, you kind of learn that um, this is your life. And if you don't do things to better it, um, it's not going to become better. Like you really just... You just had to do it. You had to, it was survival of the fittest, really. Um, and I also had to take care of a lot of my younger siblings. Like I I was a mom really, really early. So I, I learned how to um, empathize and sympathize and be compassionate because I had so many younger siblings that I felt... Um, that I I felt responsible for because my parents were just so busy and it was just the way of life and I loved it, actually. I think it definitely helped me become the strong, independent person that I am today. Yeah. So Vince, uh, you grew up as a runner and you were into entrepreneurship early. So why don't you tell us some of your rituals and routines when you were young, single entrepreneur, and then when you first got married, how did that change? What was the first thing that changed that you had to change for your relationship to remain strong going from that kind of selfish, you know, we could do anything sort of entrepreneur world? Yeah. So when I was uh, single, I mean, when I was a runner, I mean, we competed on the weekends. We had set workouts every day of the week and then I worked. So everything was regimented. You know, I was a creature of habit, routine. I love habit. I love structure. I get bored on seven day all-inclusive vacations. I'm ready to go home after like literally two or three days. Um, If that, I just can't sit down and feel like I'm not being productive around some sort of routine and structure. So I did grow up with that. I still have that in me. It frustrates the heck out of Flavia. And uh, I don't apologize for it anymore. It's just, it is who I am, I guess. Uh, So I've 
been forced to learn how to come out of my world. So when I got married, I, things I think we were, Flav and I were talking about this before, things didn't change much after we got married. Things had to change when we had Melia. But um, prior to, you know, when we got married, we still worked a lot. We trained every day. Like when we were down in Florida, we were at the gym for like two plus hours a day. Our life revolved around going to restaurants, going to the movies. Like I kid you not, we used to go to the movies Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night when we were single, when we got married. And our lives were very, I wouldn't say selfish, but very self-indulgent. You know, we ordered in a lot. We experienced a lot of things. We traveled every weekend or maybe twice a twice a month for extended periods of times. And uh, we had a great life. It was amazing. It was very, there was no restrictions. And we also had a lot of time with family. I do remember we weren't really plugged into church or anything back then. We went to, you know, every once in a while, but our, our faith, our, our, we didn't really have much going on there. So that was it. Uh, The big changes occurred when Melia was born. Amen to that. All right. So, you know, most people who are parents, they they talk a lot about the, you know, the negativity of, oh, you know, I got to sacrifice all this stuff. Now, at the same time, you guys have, I mean, that's what it's all about. So let's talk about, before we get into the obstacles that you deal with, let's talk about just the joys that it brings and maybe some of the, the ways that it's helped you become more productive and efficient. For me, uh, the first thing I want to share is that I've always known that I want to have a family. I came from a big Italian family where everyone got married. So it wasn't something I ever really questioned for my path. Like I always knew one day I would get married, kids would be in the picture. So I always knew that this was coming. So it wasn't ever like, oh man, should I or shouldn't I? So I figured... Actually, to be honest, if I have any regrets, I'm, you know, even now, Flavia and I would like to have a third, but I don't know if we're going to just because we waited a little bit before we got our family started. So <clears throat> I think um, the, the biggest challenge was, uh, the biggest challenge was going from yeah, having all the independence in the world to having no independence. But the big benefit has been that because I've known I've always wanted to have a family and I've never wanted to kick my family to the curb. And I've always known that I want to be an inspiration to men beyond just fitness. I want to be an inspiration to men showing them that you can have a great business. You can have a great life. You can have a great body without kicking your family to the curb. I'm like, this is a new challenge. I looked at it as an opportunity. I looked at this as a positive, not as a negative. I didn't look at this as a sacrifice because I realized that my ultimate legacy isn't going to be my business. It's going to be my kids. You know, I look at my father's legacy. His father will be what his kids have produced. And that's what my legacy will ultimately be, what my kids become. So if I want my legacy to live on, I have to start trading uh, what I've been given back to them. So I always saw it as like, okay, this is a phase of life. And I'm a big believer in always embracing like this is like you said, Craig, this is a season. This isn't um, the this is the current temperature. This isn't going to be the climate forever. So I've always understood like the kids are going to be you know, out, they're going to be like Mealy's in school. She's not even here anymore. She's gone from like 845 to 315. We've got one guy in the, in the house and he sleeps three, four hours a day. So it's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's like, just suck it up, buttercup, and just deal with it. Like, your kids are young. If anything, just embrace it. And it took a little while for me and Flavia to embrace it. But since we have, and Craig, you are pivotal in that and we'll bring that we'll bring that into the conversation soon uh 
we're like, man, I wish we had this shift in perspective on, on kids aren't a sacrifice. Like, you know, this is the greatest gift because now I have, I'm a more value to even all my coaching clients who are like, oh man, I want to build my business, but I don't know if I can do it with kids. What do you mean? You're going to be forced to work smarter and not harder. And that was the best gift. If we look at this from a business standpoint, I've got limited hours. And one of the challenges is that you are going like a hundred miles per hour when you're single, when you're an entrepreneur, but and then when you get married and the kids come, all of a sudden you're going like 40 miles per hour. You're in the slow lane on Sunday afternoon with all the old people. And you're like, oh my gosh, everybody's passing me. But you have to realize you're actually getting ahead uh, because you're actually creating something. Uh, if, if this is what you want, obviously, in your life, this is what I wanted in my life. I was moving my life forward based on where I wanted to go. And uh, it wasn't a setback. It was actually a set forward. So it's just having a different perspective on the phase of life you're in. And uh, and I think that's it. That's well said, Vince. And I think you just said it so well. I mean, this is something you want. It's going to be a gift. And that's how you got to look at it. So Flavia, you probably, obvi- well, not probably, you obviously had the bigger change in your life when Milia was born. How did you adjust and dominate it? Well, <clears throat> I was going to say um, parts of that um, little spiel that Vince just went on, uh, some m- women might want to kill him when they say suck it up, buttercup. Um, but no, I, I have to uh, I have to agree with everything that Vince said. I think once Mealy was born, I thought to myself, how the heck did I work all those hours? I am so much more efficient with the little time that I have. I actually feel like I got so much more done after I had Mulia, which was the strangest thing. And that had a lot to do with you, just putting the perfect day formula into play, waking up early. Once Melia um, was sleeping through the night, I was waking up um, a few hours before she woke up in the morning and I was able to get so much done in those three hours, <clears throat> excuse me, of peace and quiet. It was the most productive part of my day. And then I could be there for Amelia the entire day and feel awesome because I did something for myself. Like I accomplished something and then my attitude and everything just changed. I mean, it was a huge struggle in the beginning. And I remember Vince taking out pieces of paper during a fight and saying, okay, we are going to write down a schedule because, you know, we have to scheduling equals freedom. And I just wanted to like rip it into pieces and throw it in his face. Um, (laughs) But it really did work. I mean, he had it in the right in our pantry. We opened the door and it was like 9 a.m. Vince works out. 10 a.m. Flavia works out like and it just every single hour was scheduled with something and it it was it was amazing and I so much appreciated that you invested in me during that really difficult and so incredibly amazingly joyful time in my life. Very nice. So then along came Gianluca. So how did that change things? You know what? I actually I thought I have one. I might as well have two. I mean, how much harder can a second one be? And um, I have to say my routine was amazing with Melia. I felt like I was the greatest mom in the world. I really did. I wrote a cookbook, so I was still very um, in tune with uh, my business and going hard. Um, but John Luca threw a huge wrench. I couldn't believe the difference to having another person around. So 
we have Melia set and then this other human being comes in and he's not sleeping and when she is and she's not sleeping when he is and it was exhausting and um, I know Vince mentioned that we want to have a third child but it's he said something about age but to be perfectly honest I had to have two c-sections because both of my kids were breech and so I'd have to have a third and that to me was the biggest struggle and that's why we're still on the fence on the third because the operation is just oh my gosh it's intense but um yeah John Luca John Luca changed a lot and I have to say that I was exhausted and trying to uh be an entrepreneur trying to wear too many hats I think um this this year I'd say January it just like everything kind of just stalled and I just felt so overwhelmed and so emotional all the time and just thinking how am I going to do this like I have this business and I I'm so passionate about this but I have my kids and I'm so passionate about them and I didn't want to put them in daycare I didn't want to have a full-time nanny like that's something that we had already agreed that we didn't want um and so that was man that was that was the biggest struggle what about you, Vince? How did things change when Jean-Luc came along? And you had two kids, you had both had businesses, and you know, you've got a growing business, you got coaching, you got all this stuff. What was it from your perspective that had to change? Was there anything that you had to give up or anything that you had to add to the routine, more discipline, more structure in order to make the family work stronger than ever? I think the biggest thing was that you know, I quickly realized, and I think every married man knows this, that uh, one of the most important things that a man can discover is happy wife, happy life. And uh, this this uh, this quote I'm about to share should be in the Bible. <laughs> if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Is that not in the Bible? It must be somewhere. Right. It's got to be somewhere. So single guys, this is uh, something that you have to understand. And married guys, you've got to understand this even more importantly because, you know, Nothing could operate, you know, properly. I couldn't get my work. I couldn't feel good about being at the gym for an hour and a half. I couldn't feel good about being in the car, doing an Instagram post, knowing Flavia's inside and stressed out, feeling burnt out, uh, feeling overwhelmed. And I really realized that I had to, well, from Flavia's very clear communication style, which we'll learn about soon, <laughs> that I had to shift my focus off the things that were going on in my life and ensure that things were working in her life or else it just wasn't fun to be in the house. Uh, long story short. So for me, I had my routines, but the biggest thing that I've learned uh, since having kids is that I have to make my wife's biggest irritations the number one priority at the start of the day. So before the day starts, I need to find out what's bugging Flav, what's on her mind, like little things. And uh, what I learned uh, from some reading of a great book called Model Men is that women want three things. And this is not politically correct, what I'm about to share, but this is a fact. All right. There's three things that women need. And when I discovered this, I started realizing where I'm really dropping the ball. So I'm not going to go into depth on them. I'll kind of give you the Coles notes of them, Cliff's notes if you're in the States. The number one thing women need is the need for financial security. And this is... Um, not a politically correct truth. Women would rather be with a man who is rich than a man who is broke. And this is not because she's a gold digger. It's just simply because this is how, this is how God wired women. A woman crave 
security. They need security. So if you want to please your woman and have her be magnetically pulled towards you and dramatically decrease your risk for divorce, then you need to give her financial security. And this is really, really big. So a woman will step up like Flavia, like if, if things weren't like financially going well, let's say my stuff wasn't working out, she'll step it up. And women have the tendency to do that. And while the media may tell you that they want to be the breadwinner, there's no doubt that they can be the breadwinner. But I challenge you to find one woman out there that wants to be the breadwinner. All right. And I don't know a lot of women that want to take this responsibility away from the man. So when I started learning this, I started realizing that, you know, when I was single, I could kind of chase certain projects. I call them penny projects as opposed to dollar bill projects. And there's not many repercussions. But now in marriage, when there's a lot more responsibilities, you've got to, you've got to work smarter and not harder. And you got to work on those things that put money in the bank account and that are actually going to move the business forward. So, you know, women want to know that the mortgage is going to get paid you know, two, three months in advance. She wants to know that if there's an emergency, you know, let's say the air conditioner breaks down, that she can just say, pay, you know, write the bill, you know, uh, or pay or write the check, sorry. And these are just basic things. And um, when I started just kind of really taking, like you can tell, you can validate this, Flav, am I a saver or what? Yes. So at the start of the year, I always tell her, this is how much we're going to save this year. And we pay ourselves first. So even if things don't go well, we're going to save a certain amount of money by the end of every year. And I always keep her posted. And, and I always see the weight come off her shoulders when I tell you, oh, I just sent Jeff, Jeff another check. I just sent, oh, he's our financial guy. I just sent him another check. And you're like, okay, good, good, good. We're doing well. Don't worry. Our freedom fund's going up. Everything's great. And I just watch her like breathe better. And then she's better with the kids. So this is crazy. So um, I said I wouldn't go long. Let me do a shorter version of the next two things that when I learned this, I started kind of reevaluating how I, I worked with Flavia. The next thing women need is the need for intimacy. And for us men, intimacy means 10 minutes of sex each night or maybe a couple times a night or sorry, a couple, a couple <laughs> times, a couple times per week. Yep. Yep. That's how I do it. <laughs> a couple times a week. All right. But for women, intimacy is the hour of talking leading up to that 10 minutes of sex. So for a woman, it's all about the buildup to the big event. And for us men, it's all about the event itself. So even what about after? Does that mean I can go to sleep right after? (laughs) Yeah, you can. Yeah. (laughs) After it's all you're all good, bud. (laughs) So even after five years of um, being married, or sorry, even after five years of marriage, you know, Flavia and I have been married for seven years. What I've learned is that women are asking one question every single minute of the day while they're with their man. You guys want to grab a pen and paper. You want to know what they're asking, fellas? How much does this man really care about me with or without sex? That's what she's thinking subconsciously every single minute of the day. She's wondering, does this guy love me if I don't give him sex? Is this guy actually my friend? Is this guy actually into me? Even after 10 years of marriage, 15 years of marriage, she's still asking that. And when I- So I get a question on that. Uh, Vince, because one thing that I've learned from my workshops, you know, working with people like, you know, couples like yourself and with, uh, with many others is what I've learned is that great marriages come down to, um, not, you know, it's obviously not just sex. It's, it's not just money. It is 
the fact that the marriages that are strongest are between people who become best friends. So that kind of ties into this, but I'd love for you guys both to weigh in on the importance of being best friends and communicators. And then we can come back to that third point that I know you have on your list. So maybe we'll let Flavia talk because you've talked a lot recently. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> but maybe Flavia can talk about the importance of communication and the importance of being married to your best friend. And how do you become married to your best friend? Are you, mar- are you best friends the day you get married? And Flavia, you can be honest here because I know what we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Vince and I got married quickly. So when we went on our 35-day honeymoon, um, we worried that we wouldn't know what to talk about because we really didn't know each other. And we really got to know each other that, those 30 okay. days. But um, friendship, I, we definitely were not best friends because it was so, our relationship was so lustful. Like I think we were just in lust with each other and it developed into a beautiful friendship and a beautiful love. Um, I think that uh, I, I would say that what makes a good marriage is the way that you fight um, and vice versa. I think what damages relationship is not fighting well. So when you learn how to fight well, it all comes down to communicating. And if you are an effective communicator, it's going to help those um, fights Instead of, you know, doing, throwing a temper tantrum, which of course some of our fights are like that, it's me, um, usually throwing the temper tantrum. Um, Instead of that, we're actually communicating about what the root problem is. And so in, I mean, in our marriage, having two small kids, this happens still. Um, We argue about something that's not even like, why are we arguing about that? That seems so silly, but it's just all these things piling up and never actually getting to the root problem. So things that Vince and I have really been working on is communication um, in terms of marriage and in terms of fighting well. Um, and, you know, I, I learned recently, I'm doing um, a small group at our church. Um, we're reading through a book called Becoming Miss Better Half by Holly Furtick. And she talks about people are three, they're, they're three, three type of fighters. There is a shouter. So you'll always, you know, when they're mad, right? They're going to shout, they're going to have verbal diarrhea everywhere. Usually they feel ashamed and they're, it's easy to tell what they're upset about um, and when they're upset. And then there are, um, powders. So powders are the type of people that like, oh, they kind of sigh or they like start banging pots around or, you know, they want the other person to know, hey, I'm upset. Ask me, ask me why I'm upset kind of thing. And then there are stuffers. So they're the people that get angry and they just hide it and they contain it. And so we've discovered very quickly that I'm a shouter. Um, I will um, attack and I, I, I also am. (laughs) It's so, it's so embarrassing. It really truly is. But after, you know, kind of studying it, and we've talked about this a lot in the past over the years, is that you really do know what's wrong, (laughs) what's wrong, and when, and when I'm upset, like there's no, there's no secret, there's no secrets in our, in our marriage. So um, I also, I apologize really, really fast because I'm so ashamed when I do it. Um, And then Vince is a stuffer. So he's really actually the toughest one the toughest one to deal with because you don't know when he's upset and he stuffs it all down and it piles up and then it just rage, right? So when he snaps, 
he snaps hard. And um, yeah, I call that suffering in silence. And I mean, that's what I've done for years. That's what Bedros did for years. And that's why we had those anxiety attacks. So suffering in silence is the worst of those three fighters. And the shouter and the person who gets it out, that's healthy fighting. It really is. So he, he's got, she's tell him about, yeah. tell Craig about the solution. Yeah. As long as you're doing it um, in a non-critical way. So one thing that Vince is now working on is that when I have to shout, let me shout, right? Don't shout back. That's the worst thing. Just let me get it out. Oftentimes, even with the kids, I just, you know, I'll like yell like, ah! and then I'll just be calm and be like, dee, 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 dee. like, it's so it's so bizarre. I wish but I knew this seven years ago. Yeah, just releasing that emotion. Every time she just, gets mad, I'd yell back. I, I wish I read this book before. Just If she's shouting, just let her shout. You don't need to shout back. And and the thing is, is that when I'm happy, I shout, right? Like, it's just my way of releasing emotions. I sing, I dance. I'm, you know, that's just the way that I release emotions, right? So, um, and, and the way that I'm trying to deal with his stuffiness <laughs> um, is by just walking away and it's so hard for me because I want to be like what's wrong what's wrong tell me tell me tell me right now tell me right now did I do something wrong why are you mad oh why why are you mad I'm the one with the kids all the time blah 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 blah, right so I have to just kind of walk away and let him come back to me when he's ready to talk about it and the other thing that we're really working on well actually it's me that I'm really working on is not criticizing, but instead complaining. Because when you criticize, it's using those words, you, you never, you always. And when I complain, complaining is actually good because I'm saying, I, I'm feeling this when you do this. I, you know, when you, you know, when you leave the house a mess and I come home, I feel like you don't care because now I'm left to do all this and you're enjoying actually probably working but so just communicating um effectively really has changed the temperature of our home and uh, it's something that we work at every single day vince what about communication for you i mean you just mentioned you learned a lot from this and uh, let's go back to the communication and the friendship and how important that is so that you guys have been able to have that strong marriage. And therefore, I mean, this all ties into that productivity and success because without the communication, you're just going to spend more time uh, wondering what's going on and then in fighting and all that sort of stuff. So how how is this the bedrock of your success? I think one of the things I've been trying to do better, I've been trying to do a better job at is initiating and taking on the theme of over-communication. So that's our theme, over-communicate. Don't communicate. So first of all, stop communicating and start over communicating. That's step one. Uh, two, fellas, this is going to sound weird, but uh, let me tell you, it's really simple. When Flavia talks to me, I oftentimes take out my phone or a pen and paper and I actually write down what she's telling me because I've got so much going on in my brain. I just don't want to forget. And, and the half of communication is simply just repeating back, being able to do what she asks. And that's the that's the biggest sign of trust and respect for another person. So write down, if she's giving you a laundry list of things to do, just write, literally write it down so you don't forget and take care of it right away. I learned this too from you, Craig. Uh, if it takes less than five minutes to do it, just do it right away. So if she asked me something, I could do this in five minutes. I'll do it right away. And then two, uh, when we're communicating, turn the phones off, get away from the TVs, uh, anything that just can literally be a, a, a distraction. And then lastly, just uh, plan it out. So now we're doing date 
date nights. Finally, uh, we've we've done it Tuesday night, the last two Tuesday nights. And don't feel ba- feel bad about scheduling it. I mean, I even learned this from Bedros. Like, I try to get in his schedule the other day, and he goes, "Oh, Wednesday night, me and Di are out." I'm like, "Good for you, man!" Like, crap! Like, Flavi, we gotta get the freaking date nights going, and we got our date nights going. So on those nights, just really listen and little techniques that I've learned, even too from books, just repeating back what she's saying, but not just as a tactic, but like truly showing that you're listening. And just, uh, I find women just need that time to be listened to and then um, input on the conversation. And I feel like the big thing is to show that by list, just take an action on the things that have been expressed. That's that's what matters most. And one thing that Vince and I are going to start, something that I just recently learned, um, Dr. Leslie, I can't remember this what is his amazing. last name is, but um, you know, you go... Every day you have positive, negative things that come into your to your mind. So Vince could come down and he can be rocking this tight, really hot T-shirt. And in my with, with uh, <laughs> what were those like little diamonds, the, beads, the diamonds, jewels, and whatever on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think he's outgrown that actually. Yeah. But um, and I in my head I'll be I'll think, oh wow, he looks hot this morning, and you know the kids will run in and distract me. Okay, so that that's kind of that's withdrawn. So I haven't actually told them about that. And then there could be something negative, um, such as the kids are pulling at his leg and he's texting and Mila saying, daddy, 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 about maybe 30 times before Vince notices. And I'm like, oh, that really annoys me. I'm going to let it go because, you know, he's busy and he's successful and he's a good dad. So just, you know, have some have some grace. Um, and so you hide all these things down uh, and you, you withdraw it. And something that we're going to start learning, something that I just started doing on Tuesday nights is we're going to start sharing these withdrawals. So within the last 48 hours, we're going to sit down and think back 48 hours, we're going to share a positive withdrawal so that you look hot, comment at the negative withdrawal and then another positive withdrawal and you're not allowed to talk about the negative withdrawal for 30 minutes so that there's no emotion attached to it so after 30 minutes happens you come back and either it's out in the air it's in the universe it's not a big deal okay I just want to tell you it's off my chest it's not going to become an issue later on um or that person so Vince would have the opportunity to either defend his uh, action or to apologize. And the only thing that you can say during those withdrawals, the positive and negatives are thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. Again, I wish we read this book seven years ago. Awesome stuff, guys. So communication, clearly very powerful. Love that you guys have had that journey where, you know, you said from lust to love to friendship. It's amazing. So Vince, lay on that third thing from that book that uh, that you wanted to share. Yeah, Model Men. So another thing a woman needs is the... Who's the author of Model Men? Uh, his name is, um, uh, let me find it, uh, Larry Stockhill. Larry Stockhill. Okay. And, and it's then, uh, and Model Men. Being from- Miss Better Half by Holly... Furtick, yeah. the uh, wife of Stephen Furtick? That's right. Okay, great. So the third thing a woman needs is the need for order. This applies to how the kids are acting, regular routines, and if your home is in a healthy state of affairs. Women thrive off of order around the household. Uh, women find their identity in the home. Like They literally like just the cleanliness of the home, the state of the home. So if the home is in disarray, it represents her right? So women don't like that. So because that's such a big part of her identity, you need to take that really seriously. So if the air conditioner is not working, it's not like 
oh, it's okay. That we can we can live. It's the house is out of order. This is a way deeper root issue than like I will be fine for a couple of days. Just like you you know we'll wear less clothes, whatever. And, and this is just like you know oh man, it's just it's just the Homer Simpson dudes. Uh, another big area is like order with the kids. You know, just ensuring that I don't know how to phrase this, but I would say my wife is grace and I'm truth. I was going to say I'm the law, but I, I don't, it's kind of what we embrace, but we're kind of trying to tweak that a little bit. But the kids are afraid of dad and in a healthy manner. All right. We used to have this, you know, thing where we don't want the kids to be afraid of dad at all. But those, those are the kids that take over a restaurant on Friday night and nobody knows what to do because the kid is throwing a crazy temper tantrum and the wife is irritated and the husband uh, by the husband because he's just sitting there paralyzed not knowing what to do and even if he does do something the kids don't respond you don't want to be that dad so the da- the kids need to know that if they cross the boundaries that mom's going to say hey do I need to go call your dad no 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 don't call dad don't call dad we're good we're good sorry mom and we're trying to establish that. We know we want to have that in our in our um, relationship. And we learned this from a book uh, from Meg Meeker, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And typically what happens is kids take the mom's love for granted, right? Mom's always going to be there, right? What You know, mom's never going to not love me. But dad, on the other hand, dad's a bit of a wild card, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know about dad. Dad, dad's a bit of a loose cannon. You never know. So, um, kids know that they can push mom way more than dad, and they will take this. They will take advantage of this. So, if your co- kids are out of order, it's time for dad to take charge and set the boundaries and discipline when necessary. So that's uh, really important. And I tell Flav, I said, Flav, let me do. I mean, do you mind me saying this? But like sometimes you wouldn't let me be dad. You know, you, you'd be like, let me. Like, let me, these kids respond to me. Let me jump in. And when you just kind of said, okay, Vince, can you do something about this? I mean, I'm like, why? You don't have to carry the weight. Like, let me do it. So, man, you just got to man up and you got to just take charge of the household. All right. So then the last thing, this one's really short, just order with routines in terms of routines. I think this is really important. Like for example, right now, uh, Flavie's a full-time mom. I work from 5.30 a.m. to 4.30 Monday to Friday. Flavie gets Tuesday off. Um, She's with the kids the rest of the time. She gets Tuesday off from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then we take the weekends off. And uh, she gets the evenings off, and this is when Flavia can go work out. She does her yoga, get a tan, you know, whatever she'd like to do. And we have no work on weekends. Uh, we get the kids in bed at a certain time every night. Uh, they get their bath, they get their stories, they get their bottles. And bedtime's always between, you know, 7 to 7.30 for both kids. There's no TV in the evening time for the kids. Sorry, there's no TV for the kids on Sundays. It's just never, get, they just don't get TV on Sundays. No matter what, uh, church is every Sunday at 10 a.m. And those are some of the Del Monte routines. So I think it's really important for the family to have routines. That's brilliant. And so, you know, you talked earlier that faith wasn't that, you know, kind of got out of your life. So it was it was very important at the start. I mean, that's how you met. That was like the driver of you even being interested in, in this gentleman. And so then you guys said you were a little more self-indulgent. You weren't bad doing bad things, but you just were really enjoying your time together. And it seemed like you said that faith kind of dropped out. Now faith is very prominent again. So why don't you tell us how that has helped everything, um, but also with a little bit of 
you know, nodding to the routines and how you keep structure and raise the kids and everybody's happy and healthy. Yeah, faith. Oh my goodness. I can tell you that when our relationship with Christ was at its weakest, that our marriage was at its weakest without a shadow of a doubt. Wouldn't you agree? Neither of us were uh, independently pursuing our, our relationship with God. And when you pursue, I mean, our faith, we strive to be more like Christ. And what Christ is all about is love. So when you're trying to love God and love others, I mean, you are going to represent that you're just going to become a better person. And so I think that's what we've done really well recently. We're plugged into this amazing church elevation. Um, the pastor there, Stephen Furtick, I mean, he speaks directly from God. I mean, they often say that they think that the church thinks that he has a, a God's phone number, right? Like he, they, he dials in and, and just gets a word. Cause every week we're just well, like, wow, that's yeah. Like that, that it feels like me. he's speaking to you every single week. Like just you. Yeah. And so when you're, and so when, I mean, I, I should just speak for myself when I am working on my relationship with Christ, I'm working on just becoming a better version of myself. And that definitely translates into our kids. You know, I can definitely say that I struggled with having both kids because I felt like the punching bag. I felt like my needs weren't even relevant. I felt like it was all like nothing. It had nothing to do with me. It was, it's such a selfless thing. And it, but then when I started just, um, you know, getting closer to God, I realized like, this is my, this is my mission, right? Like these kids have been gifted to me as Vince said, and, and Vince has been gifted. And if I look at my, um, my marriage and my role as a mom, as my purpose, that's when I can actually become a way better wife and, and a much better, much better mom. And then I end up loving myself more in the long run. And one thing that, you know, I know Vince said that I'm a full-time mom. Um, I am the majority. I mean, t this year I really cut back and just allowed myself to be a mom. And that's been a huge change in our life because I always wanted, I don't know if it was like just coming from such a large family and having to fend for myself. I had to make money and I had to do this and I had to do that. And I have a type A personality. And so I just had to do, I had to dabble in everything and you can't do a lot of things well. And so I finally, after going actually for, to the perfect day workshop and Craig after, you know, Vince and I have been talking about me just taking some time off and Craig just looked at me and said, just can you take a couple months off? And I just think my shoulders were just like, they just dropped. And I was like, it's okay. Yes, it's okay. If Craig says it's okay, it's you started crying. okay. Yeah, I just started crying. <laughs> and then we went out for dinner that night and I started crying saying, oh my gosh, I feel like, yeah, I can do this. Like I can just be a mom and, and embrace the season that, that I'm in. And I think that being able to love myself has a direct relationship with loving Christ. Yeah, for me... You know, I grew up in a Christian home, right? And just knowing that I want to be the leader of my home, I knew that I had to just get plugged into a higher power and I just needed to um, start connecting. And, you know, Flavia really did inspire me just by her initiating, like watching her read her Bible at night and watching her just become a better person and transforming and improving in areas of her life. I'm like, wow, like it was really inspirational. And, uh, you know, when she wasn't like, 
attacking me or harping on me, I was starting to be, I started to get convicted from like, shoot, I need to work on this from, from, uh, from what I was doing on my own time, which was, you know, just having my devotionals again in the morning time, uh, reading and even, uh, yeah, elevation. I got to say, coming to Toronto, this uh, church is 15 minutes from our house, the worship experience, the speaking, I just got really inspired. I'm like, this guy's 37 years old. He's got this mega church, 20,000 people, 200 staff, five New York times, best-selling books. I'm like, look at the impact this man is having on so many people because he's plugged into his calling. And I knew that I, I could be such a much more effective man by just embracing who I am. This is this is who I am. And I'm not sharing it with people. I, I find that my faith, when it's being worked on, when it's when I'm at my best with it, it's my unfair advantage. And so I, uh, I think we've just really made that a, a, an important part um, of our lives. And uh, it's, it, I would definitely say it's the center of our lives so that you and I aren't convicting each other anymore. God's convicting her, God's convicting me, and we don't need to convict each other. We need to extend each other grace, and we don't have like a legalistic relationship, and we're now focusing on... So I've, I don't believe that relationships should break up if both people are trying to become better versions of themselves, right? And whatever you define as better is going to be dependent on maybe what your beliefs and faith is, etc. For us, better version is what Christ would consider a better version. So we both have a model of what we're striving for, and it's not something that she wants from me, and it's not something I want from her. It's set from an independent source. That way, as we both move towards it, we're both being, you know, if you look at a triangle, if I'm at the bottom left and she's at the bottom right and God's at the pinnacle, as we both move towards that, it brings us closer together. So that's been that's been a game changer for us, and I think the kids notice a huge difference too. Like we don't fight, like yell, like we used to have like some bad fights, yelling at each other in front of the kids, and we both knew it, we were yelling. We're like we got to stop yelling, but we kept yelling, like we like that that we had to fix that. So, um, it's very good, man. And you know, obviously, uh, you would have a, a very strong faith in your marriage because your father is Pastor Luciano Del Monte. That's very man. true. He's the man I stole my four seasons of life uh, <laughs> speech from that I use in articles and stuff and in the workshops all the time. So it was very valuable. So why don't we transition into uh, best resources? So we've talked about Model Men by Richard... Larry Stockhill. Larry Stockhill, not Richard anybody. And also... Um, being Miss Better Half by Holly Furtick. So what are one or two other books that you would recommend or YouTube videos or what are some of your favorite resources, Flavia? Um, when I first got married, I think it was Vince's parents that gave me the book His Needs, Her Needs by Willard Harley Jr. Um, the tagline is Building an Affair-Proof Marriage. That was an amazing read, just learning how to, um, yeah, just learning about what a man needs and what a woman needs. It's so simple and so, so true. We're so very, very different. Um, and then in terms of raising children, anything by Meg Meeker, she wrote a book recently, uh, hero it's, uh, it's for dads, but I mean, it's, it's, it's great for me to read and understand the way that, um, a, a child views their dad. Um, and then another book that was a game changer for the way that I raised children, um, that I'm raising my kids is safe house by Joshua Straub. Um, game game changer, and then um, yeah, becoming Mrs. Better Half by Holly Furtick, which I am currently uh, working through, has been phenomenal. 
Awesome, Vinny. You got a pile of books there. So keep it quick there, buddy. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, number one book is Hero by Meg Meeker, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. Uh, this is, a, this is I would say, I don't like saying the word game changer, but I actually do feel like this was a game changer. So Hero was outstanding. Um, and then Bringing Out the Best in Your Wife by Norman Wright. Another book is Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And then Dad, Here's What I Really Need from You from Michael Watson or Mich- uh, Michelle Watson. Anything by Meg Meeker. I would start there. Get on her podcast. She is unbelievable. And uh, those would probably be a couple great resources. Luciano Del Monte. And then <laughs> anything by my dad, yeah. <laughs> you know, Elevation Church, they put out some amazing sermons every Sunday. Their social media is like out of this world. Yeah, you can find all his stuff on YouTube. Yeah, so just search in what, you're, what you need some input on. But uh, Meg Meeker's stuff is like, if you're not listening to Meg Meeker, man, she's incredible. She's a podcast. Do you know what it's called? Yeah. Uh, she, raising, be- raising great kids. Her stuff is so practical, awesome. and she's like right. She's dialed into like everything going on right now. Okay, I'm gonna throw a total curveball at you guys. One of the kids gets sick. What the heck do you guys do? How do you deal with that? And how do you get your minds back on track when you get thrown off the rails? You know what, Vince's life, Vince's routine just has to stay the same. I mean, one of us has to be um, providing. And so that's my role. When the kids are sick, I take over and I want to take over. I want to be there when they're sick. I mean, every I kid, I still want, I still want my mommy when I'm sick. So, um, yeah, Vince, I, I try to only ask for help from Vince if I really need it. Um, my, my day gets put on hold. They're the most important thing. So regardless if I have anything, um, going on, it just stops. And, um, if something isn't going well, I mean, Craig, just before you got here to do this podcast, John Luca decided to wake up, which he normally sleeps, right? Like that's a curveball. It's a common, common thing that happens as uh, be, being a mom. Um, but if something happens, honestly, um, it's it's all about mindset for me. I have to stop and just start thinking about what I'm grateful for because man, thoughts can become toxic in my life. And, um, yeah, just, just focus on positivity and, you know, be thankful for, um, my kids. Uh, oftentimes there's things that they do or say, or don't do or don't say, or, um, and I just have to look at them and think, you know, I have been gifted with them and, um, I'm just thankful for their health. And I just start listing off all the good things. That's awesome. Uh, Vince, anything quick to say on that before we yeah, wrap things I'll up? steal something from Grant Cardone. So if anything gets thrown off, I ask these words. And again, this is from Grant Cardone, guys, so don't judge me. But I wake up and I say this, who's got my money? <laughs> who's got my money? I am a who's Grant got Cardone my money? fan. <laughs> so, I don't know if anybody knows that, but I am just, uh, I'm a big Car- Cardone fan. Yes. I, it's awesome to see that you're going to his event. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So listen, there's a lot of people who don't have everything together yet. Um, Not that anybody does, but what would you say? What is your one final parting piece of advice for, listen, if you just got married, if you have young kids, or if you, you know, if you have older kids and you're just starting an entrepreneurship or whatever it is, and you just feel like, how do I balance family, uh, health, wealth building, and maybe uh, faith in there as well? What's your number one tip, Vinny? And then we'll finish off with Flav. 
I mean, tactically, be honest, go to your workshop, man. I kid you not. Like just, you got to set that day aside to sit down and think about all this. Like, you know, when we came to your workshop, we, this was all on our mind. It was easy to do the exercises because we just hadn't sit, sat down and really strategized. So I think you literally need to set an entire day aside and just talk but I mean, you're stuck on that damn treadmill the whole day and you don't get off, then you can't ever like reevaluate, reset. So you just need to get clarity on your goals. I think getting real clear vision on where you want to be three years from now and then looking at, okay, this is where we're at. How do we want to get there? And getting clarity of vision and then clarity of path would be the biggest thing. And I, I kid you not, Craig, going to your workshop would be a huge first step. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with Vince on that. I was, I, I would say just communicating, figuring out what role each of you have in, in your marriage, um, and, and, and strategizing, writing things down, um, making a schedule, as you say all the time, scheduling equals cr- freedom, structure equals freedom, um, so that I think just like working on yourself, like scheduling some time in your day to read, listen to a podcast, doing something that, um, that will propel you forward. Never stop changing. Right. Yeah. You guys are so great. I really, really love you guys. Um, man, we got so many cool comments. People were just loving what you were saying. And it's so awesome that you guys are going to start your, or Vince is definitely starting a podcast. I think you guys should start one together because the world needs your your advice, much like uh, Grant Cardone is the one with his wife, and I think people get a ton of value out of it because they see, okay, here's how to operate on a high level in every one of those seasons of life. So Vince and Flavia, thank you so much for being on the Early to Rise Radio. We really appreciate you. We look forward to seeing you at Perfect yeah. Life Retreat. I'm so pumped. You guys got to get to San Diego. Where else could you be that weekend? Get your butt down to San Diego. Let's go. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. If not that, a workshop. So This has been awesome. So four seasons of life, these folks are living it. Health, wealth, family, and experiences, personal development. So that's what it's all about. We know that it's helped you. And make sure that you drop a comment, rate us on iTunes, and let us know how awesome this has been and how it's helped you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Love this episode of the Vince Del Monte Podcast? Then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. And most importantly, it will help us spread the M5 mission to other men like us dedicated to maximizing and mastering the five M's of manhood. Thank you for listening and we'll speak soon.